if you struggle with this idea of loving your body and the thought of getting naked with the lights on makes you shudder a little, today's episode is for you. There are very few women that I have met that feel 100% at home and comfortable in their skin. So tune in, pop in your earbuds, pour yourself a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, and let's get started. Welcome to the Full Frontal Living Podcast. I'm Lisa Carpenter, master life coach to driven, ambitious humans who want more out of life without having to sacrifice themselves to achieve it. I'll share how it's possible to slow down, take better care of yourself, find more peace and ease, create sustainable energy, stop procrastination and overwhelm, and fall in love with your life, your business, and your body. This podcast is for you if you're ready to learn what it takes to thrive as a high performer, do less, but achieve more, make you and your well-being a top priority, and create your extraordinary life. I'm so glad you're here. On today's episode of the Full Frontal Living Podcast, I have a very special guest on. Her name is Francesca, and Francesca and I have been working together for, gosh, a couple of years now, and her transformation is truly, truly extraordinary. Not only is she a phenomenal human being, but to witness the growth that she's had in our time together is nothing short of mind-blowing. Now, today... We're going to talk about her journey, but we're also going to talk about a program that I no longer teach live called Weight Loss From Within. Now, this program is still available to purchase as a self-study program. You can find it at lisacarpenter.ca forward slash WFW. So when you listen to Francesca's story and you can see yourself in her words and her journey, make sure you head over and grab yourself a copy of this program. You will not be disappointed at what you're able to uncover about your relationship with your body, with food, and all things to re that relate to that relationship you're having with yourself because it is never about your weight. Your weight is just a representation of how you think and feel about yourself. So without further ado, I'm going to drop you into the episode. Enjoy, and I can't wait to hear your takeaways in my DMs on Instagram. So all the links you'll be able to find down below in the show notes so you can catch everything there. Enjoy the episode. Hey, hey, listeners, and thanks for joining me for another episode of the Full Frontal Living podcast. I have another one of my amazing clients on with me today. I am so excited to share her story with you. Uh, Francesca, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Lisa. How cool is it going to be for you to actually hear yourself on the podcast? Because I know you listen every week. I know it's going to be a little shocking, I think but I'm super excited to be here. I'm so glad you're here. Do you want to tell everybody a little bit about you? What kind of, you know, who you are, what you do, how you serve in the world. And then we're going to dive into a really fun conversation. Sure. Um, well, I'm Francesca and I have a um, fiance and a dog and I live in New York city and Professionally, I am a graphic designer and have a small boutique design firm where I help um, business and B2B um, clients present themselves in the world by helping them with their brand identities. 
I love that. And you are an adventurer. You love a good trip. You love seeing the world. Yes, I am a really big fan of travel, adventure. I do uh, whitewater kayaking and some snowboarding. And I, and I am, you know, on the, on the uh, more mature side. So it's always, it's always a lot of fun to see like the younger people kind of look at you and I hope they're being inspired. (laughs) I love it. I love how much you get out and live. And I know how, you know, during COVID that was really challenging for you to be at home all the time, but I, I call it like an incubation period for all of us because we got to really realize all the things that we love that bring us a lot of joy And you and I did um, some work around that too, helping you really tap back into the things that you really love that help bring you home to yourself. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, But first I wanted to start with when we first met. So Francesca joined a program that I was running back in the day called Weight Loss From Within, which as I was telling Francesca before we went live, it's actually being revamped. It's gonna be called Wellness From Within because it really isn't about weight loss. It never was about weight loss. It's about your relationship with your body and yourself. And uh, it will be coming out sometime, I think in fall of what year are we in? 2022? Is it 2022? Yeah. I feel like I lost a few years. Anyways, we all do. <laughs> so you first came into that program. Do you want to tell everybody a little bit about your experience with that program, how you were feeling about yourself at that time, um, and we'll just kind of dive in and see where see where it takes us. Sure. Um, I first should say that I was um, a part of TCP with Jim Fornton. That's right. And you were one of the coaches there. And I really resonated with a lot of the um, hot seat uh, discussions that happened. And when I saw that you were putting together a program called Weight Loss From In, I thought this was my opportunity to do two things. One, work with you and two, lose weight. And then I found out that really weight loss from within was not a program about what you should eat, when you should eat and how you should eat. It was more of a program about developing um, your self love and connection to yourself so that you can move ahead and really take care of the things that you love. That is one of your um, mottos. And one of the things that I love is myself and gaining all the confidence and joy around that has really helped me in my life to um, move ahead in many, many more directions than just losing weight. Right. It's really amazing because so many people don't look at their relationship with themselves. They don't look at their relationship with their body. They often treat it like an afterthought. And I remember when you came into the program, one of the first times we chatted, your exercise, your homework was to stand in front of the mirror and look at yourself. And that felt like you would have thought that I had asked you to take your dog outside and shoot it. You were just like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. This is so hard which was so telling about how you felt about yourself that you couldn't even look yourself in the mirror. So can you share a little bit about how that exercise went for you? Because I know that that was kind of the first transformative exercise you dove into. Yeah, it was the first exercise that I dove into. And it is an exercise that I have continued to do because I find that 
it really is, you know, the, the, the core to help me move ahead and to remember that I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a beautiful person. And when you gave me that exercise, I think I had told you that I really avoided any kind of, I live, since I live in New York City, there's, you know, every building has glass windows. And when you walk down the street, there's your reflection. And I would just cringe having to look into any kind of reflection or, you know, washing your hands in like bathroom, um, public bathrooms where there's a mirror. I would try not to really look up and gaze at myself. I just really was very uncomfortable with, with my own reflection. So when you told me that I needed to spend five minutes in front of the mirror each day, I, re I really thought that that was, you know, a just insane and I was never going to be able to do that. So I did it. I stood every day for five minutes. I set my, my Apple watch for five minutes. And at first it was, it was sheer torture. Yeah. And you know, at first I was just concentrating on my face and then I moved to my whole body and um, it, it was very, very difficult. And then what, I don't know what happened. One day I started just smiling in the mirror and I realized that before when I was focusing on, oh God, I have these lines, I have this, this wrinkle, there's like, I don't like the way my arms look or anything like that. I would sort of change the focus to, you know, these wrinkles really come from a life well lived of smiling, like the, the wrinkles that are around your, your mm -hmm. face. And I started turning things into more positive um, thoughts than the negative thoughts that I had always been telling myself. And um, that really, really over time has, has helped me improve my self-worth, my value. I believe that I am a beautiful individual. And if I don't do it, if I have a lapse, I can easily revert back to, oh, no, right. I don't know. I don't look right. I don't feel, feel good. You know, whatever, whatever those, you know, the thoughts that pop into your mind yeah. that are, that are negative. So it, it really was the most valuable um, exercise that I have done. I'm a really big believer in leaning into the things that we've been avoiding. So, I know. right. <laughs> I know this is why, okay, we're going to take action here. Like we have to create the awareness around things, but in this case, you needed to take action, looking at yourself in the mirror to create the awareness around how much negative self-talk that there was there because you'd spent your whole life avoiding yourself. So as you said, you know, things we love and we value, we take care of. So anybody who's listening, if you're avoiding seeing yourself in the mirror, you're avoiding that relationship with yourself. What does that say about how you think and feel about yourself? Because you can use all the avoidance tactics in the world. It doesn't mean that the self, the negative self-talk isn't happening on a subconscious level. And that impacts so many different areas of your life. And will literally drain your life force if you're not working from this place of love and acceptance. And we don't have to like everything about our bodies to accept it. 
right? But you can find the things you like. You can, like you said, you know, to, to put the perspective on, well, I don't, you know, maybe I don't love my arms. I hear this from women all the time. I don't really love my arms. Well, those arms are the arms that you wrap around people that you love. Those arms are what helps you carry a newborn baby, right? Those arms give you so many things, your legs, your eyes, let you see the world, your mouth lets you speak, your nose lets you smell, like you said, the lines around your face, right? Smile lines that show you how much joy you've had in your life. So I really love that you finally started to see just how amazing and beautiful you are. And you reframed all of that for yourself. Yes. And, and it, it's crazy. Like I'm sitting here speaking to you and I have on a sleeveless. Yes. Dress. yes. And that would be something I would never do because my arms are one of the things that, you know, as I look at them, I say just what you had said. It's not that I don't love them or make a negative thought about them. Yes. I don't like them and I can still move on because they are a part of my body and they do great things. So as you came to this place of realizing that you could love and accept your body, how did that change other areas of you taking care of yourself? How did that shift how you saw yourself in other areas? Well, I think what the shift was is that I began to see myself as worthy. Mm. Once you start to acknowledge yourself, acknowledge your feelings, feel better about yourself, love yourself, you're able to feel secure in all other areas of your life. So not that it's the easiest thing. I still feel uncomfortable in a lot of different areas, but I am able to make a lot more progress in, in telling people, like I would never say no to anything. Mm -hmm. You know, as, as you and I know, I'm an over pleaser. I do things because um, I feel like sometimes it's expected. I'm looking for um, appreciation and love from other people rather than now it comes from me from the inside. So when you start to appreciate yourself, you don't need the validation from others you you know that you have it so it makes things a little bit more easier to say what you want and put yourself first that's right i've seen your confidence levels rise and as you're saying you know when you love and respect yourself more and you're giving yourself that you seek it less from outside forces because you recognize oh this is an inside job because so much so often people get into people pleasing and approval seeking because they're looking for that validation. They're looking to feel like they're good enough instead of recognizing that they can give that to themselves on a day-to-day -day basis by choosing to see that in themselves, by choosing to please themselves, care for themselves, um, which is just phenomenal to see how far you've come in that regard. I remember when you came into our group Voxer chat and you were so excited because you'd gone to the doctor for your yearly appointment. It sounds like such a minimal thing, but it was such a huge thing, right? Like I could see what a big thing it was for you. Cause you're like, I got totally naked in front of the doctor and I didn't even care. <laughs> it's true. It, it was an annual dermatology appointment and you know, they make you strip down naked. And I would always feel 
so self-conscious and just really wanted to, you know, cross my arms in front of my chest or take up as much space that I could so that I wasn't visible. And after doing these exercises and feeling like so much stronger and, and powerful and loving myself, it was, it was when she said, take off your clothes, I was like, okay. And I just, you know, they stood there. You weren't even lying on the table. So like every little thing that sags or does anything like that is very apparent, but I was perfectly comfortable with it, which is, which was shocking. And, and the best part about it was there wasn't that whole chatter in my mind going on and on about prior to going to the appointment, dreading the whole having to take off my clothes, the whole having her see me. It was just go there, take off your clothes and get examined. I mean, it's such a freeing experience. That's amazing. I love this. Is one of my favorite stories. And what you said there was just so important because what most uh, women and men, because men get into this as well, don't realize is how much energy, right? So, so many people, when they come to me, they're exhausted, they're tired. They don't realize how much energy they're expending on that negative chatter and trying to manage their lives. So they're not in situations, right? So you think about how much energy it would have cost you mentally preparing for that appointment, the anxiety, the stress you would have felt. And this is what's on the other side of really creating that new relationship with yourself is you have more energy because you're not spending so much energy on hating the package that you're walking around in. Yeah, that's it's really so true. It's really wild. So Francesca, we'd love to call her a recovering perfectionist, but she's in process <laughs> and I love you for it. Uh, because it's it's kind of a leap to go from when you want everything at a certain level, right? And you're obviously very detail-oriented because of your work. But we we have to move from being a perfectionist to working from a level of excellence. And I thought it was before we went live here and you were sharing that you were nervous about doing this interview, which I love because you care. You want to do a really great job. And then you held up your your journal prompts. Are those your journal prompts from Weight Loss From Within with like yes. little stickies and notes and stuff? So let's talk a little bit about this program because I read on your form here that um, you were struggling. You were scared about coming into Weight Loss From Within because at the time, and like I said, it's going to be formatted the exact same way in Wellness From Within, is journaling prompts, journaling and audio prompts every single day. Um and you said that writing those daily questions and speaking about your feelings was going to be really hard for you because there'd be no hiding and you'd have to do the work and you were afraid that you were going to fail. So do you want to talk a little bit about what you learned from all those journaling prompts and all your little notes there? You can share anything you want. Well, I, I, that was one of the things that really was an obstacle that I needed to overcome in order to sign up, that it was okay to, to, to do the work and to not worry about the outcome and to do the best I could, even though I'm a perfectionist and would have to you know, write the best answers to <laughs> whatever the questions were. But um, I, I think that maybe the first 
the first couple of journals that we needed to do. And I have to remind everyone that these journals were things that needed to be posted to the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. So there was no hiding and you could read other people's um, information. And, and it was amazing how the commonality that people have in, in some of these questions with their answers. So the, the writing of the journaling was at first really difficult. And I really waited to the end of the day to put them together. I kind of like procrastinated until. Was this the first, sorry to interrupt you, but was this the first time you'd ever done any type of regular journaling exercises? Yes, I am oh. not a journaler. Wow. You know, I, I think I even said on Voxer at one point to the group, like, does everybody like write these journals? Everybody was talking about like what they put in their journal. And I really was not a journaler. Mm. So um, I then found it really interesting, uh, you know, all the things that would come up and, and you start to find things out about yourself that you never really thought about. And, you know, your questions were, were tough. And a lot of times I would have to really think about them because, you know, those are the kind of things that, you know, you kind of like hide out behind and you're bringing them to the surface so that we see them and we can address them. And we can know that most of the time, these are all stories that we tell ourselves. Right. It's not really about the truth that we have. And that we are all thinking that we're not worth something or had experiences in our past that, you know, define us that aren't true. So the journaling really, really helped with all of that. And, you know, as you said, I did pull up my journal. So it's really kind of nice. I, I think maybe you even said that after the class, if we wanted to, we could um, dispose of these. But... I like to look back at them because it's sort of a little bit of a history to see where I started and where I've come exactly. and, and the things that I used to think and the things how I've changed my thinking and the areas that I still need to work on. Exactly. So, so with journaling, you know, so often we think we're, we're thinking our way through our problems, but we kind of skip over things. And when you're journaling, it's a way of you being in relationship with yourself. So a big part of the program is getting people to slow down and, and be in relationship. Like, what am I thinking? What do I believe about this? And when you write things down on paper, you'll discover things that you didn't know were there. And most of the women that I work with have never actually slowed down and asked themselves, like, how do I feel about my body other than I don't like it? Like that's, that's usually the extent of it. I don't like it. or I want to lose weight or I want it to be different. But to really get clear on what are the thoughts you've been thinking about your body? How do you feel about it? And then, you know, I remember there's even one day in the program where I ask everybody to go back in time and find a younger version of themselves. And what did they think and feel about themselves back then? And I love that day so much because so many of you came back and were like, oh, my God, I was so beautiful and look at my little figure. But even back then I was beating myself up. So it's recognizing, well, if you were beating yourself up, then do you think maybe you can no longer beat yourself up now? Because look at now, looking back through that new lens, seeing yourself differently, 
you can you have the opportunity to see yourself differently now. What were some of the days that really impacted you the most with the journaling? Well, I really liked um, a couple of things. Um, I did like that exercise of going back and finding pictures and speaking to the pictures and showing. I mean, I think everyone, as you said, looked back and just had wonderful memories of whatever those pictures might be. And it really was kind of interesting that, you know, if I were to have pictures now and 10 years look at them, you know, I, I think I would still be feeling the same way that it was a wonderful time that I was having, that my body was great. And um, it just proves that a little bit of work can really, or acknowledgement can really show that you've, you've got to love and value yourself now because correct. really the now is all you have. And, correct. and I did really like, I'm looking through here. Um, there was a day that you had asked specifically day 13, because I'm looking at my journal. Um, <laughs> I love that you still have your pages. I think that's really powerful for you to go through them and reflect on where you get to go deeper, how you used to think and feel about yourself and see how far you've come. Yeah. Powerful. Um, you had asked about knowing your behaviors. Mm. And um, one of the things was, you know, what do you need to feel taken care of by yourself? And that was something that oh my God, like taken care of by myself. Like, and that was very provoking. And I wrote down that, um, you know, after all the work that we had done in the previous 12 days that I really needed to schedule my day so that I'm not over-pleasing and overdoing, that I need time to practice over and over saying that I'm beautiful. And I need to believe with every ounce of me that I was beautiful. And really, most importantly, I needed to say no when that interferes with putting myself first and needing to have laughter, joy, and playfulness abounding. Wow. That's, that's really very important to me. That's powerful. And this is a, these are the, the, the threads that we've continued to work on. So as we moved out of weight loss from within, you moved into a one-to-one -one container with me with also a group element. Um, and we've continued to explore what does it look like for you to have a really powerful relationship with yourself? What does it look like for you to make yourself a priority in your personal relationships, in your business relationships, in your relationships with other people? Um, and you put on your form here that you can see that your over-pleasing, overdoing traits we're coming from a lack of self-worth, wanting praise and love to come from others rather than knowing that you are enough and relying on what is inside you to feel accomplished and loved. And this is, I'd love for to hear more about how that's impacted, sorry, impacted your relationship with your work. Oh, yeah. Let's well, your work. We, we've had a couple of instances that you have completely helped me with along um, our journey. And I think the first thing was 
you know, what I do, because I'm always, or trying not to be, um, perfect and delivering something that needs to be absolutely positively perfect is that, um, you know, and I'd spend hours doing that to make it perfect. And it really wasn't gonna get any more perfect than it was. I didn't need to spend all that extra time. The extra time could be spent on doing things that I love. I mean, right. I just love- so we're clear, like you had nothing to measure, like you can't measure perfect against anything. Exactly. So um, I really started to value my own self-worth and in these two incidents, instances, um, one client, I had, had been a friend and she asked me to do a job and I said, sure, I would do it. And I automatically, you know, listened to basically the outline of the project. And I said that I would do it as a pro bono job. And then once I found out what really was going to be the parameters and scope of work, it was really not just the simple little job that I had believed it was. And I started to kind of get a little resentful. That's one of the things that shows up for me um, about the decision that I had made. And you had said, well, you have to go back and tell her that it's a bigger job than you thought and you're going to have to charge her. Right. I strongly suggested you set better boundaries and, and look at how you wanted to value yourself. Because one of the things we did in, in weight loss from within was we learned about emotional fluency and how to pay attention to what you were feeling and let your guide, let your emotions guide you because resentment is never a them problem. It's always a you. It's always a you problem. (laughs) So you went back and. And it was extremely uncomfortable. And I, I really did not want to go back. I wanted to be, you know, the person who did the job for free, but I really could not in my body, because I really was having a reaction to this, do that. So I did write an email explaining, and I did say that I would need to have a fee and that I would do it, you know, at a reduced friends and family rate, which made everybody happy. And I felt really great about doing that. And when I did the project, there was no resentment about, oh, I'm spending all this time. Oh, I, you know, why did I do this? It's, it's uh, not something I really should be doing. I have other clients, I have other things to do. It was really joyful to create this piece for them and, and know that they were so happy with the result. So that really, um, boosted my confidence there and made me feel, um, really made me feel great to know that I was standing in my power, that I was really, really knowing that I was providing something valuable and that I was doing like an excellent job. So that kind of led me to working with my existing client where I needed to redefine how we were going to work together. It included doing a little bit um, restructuring so that I was doing less work and that they could pick up the things that I really didn't need to do. And they could also 
um, hire some other people that needed to do these things that I was taking on. And I also worked with you on how to restructure my pricing. Mm-hmm. And that, as you know, took me a while to get that in place, but I'm, I'm like so happy right now that I did. And it, it, again, you know, all the things that I work on are more of the creative projects that I like to work on. There's, you know, very little of the projects that are kind of, you know, things that I would always do because I wanted to overdo, overplease and take on more, but they were not my area of expertise. So now I'm really working in my area of excellence and providing like great, a great service. You said so many great things in there. And I think that, you know, again, coming back to weight loss from within and connecting with yourself, you were able to, to, you now understand the wisdom of your body when it's talking to you about, Ooh, this is not like, this doesn't feel good for me anymore. And you're able to course correct. And by building that relationship with yourself, you found more confidence. You, you figured out what it meant to stand in your personal power and have more of a voice, speak up for yourself. You know, boundaries are such a huge part of being in a healthy relationship with ourselves. And when we're giving everything to everybody, because they think we think that meant what that is what makes us a good person. But in essence, it's the thing that completely disconnects us from our relationship with ourselves. So it's been really powerful to watch you um, navigate some of these things. And what the one of the things that I appreciate about you, I appreciate a lot of things about you. You always will lean in and do the hard things. You might not like it. It might take you some time. But you constantly, and this this speaks to how much that level of excellence you'd like to work from, you will always lean in and do the hard things because you know on the other side, it's going to be so much better for you. And I've watched you, you know, say no to things that you normally say yes to, because if you haven't figured out yet, Francesca is the person that everybody comes to, to organize all the things, because you always in your whole life have, have put yourself in that leadership high functioning, over functioning role. And we teach people how to treat us. And it's taken you some time to go, oh, wait a minute. Again, this isn't a them problem. I've allowed this to happen in my life because you had tied up so much of your identity in your doing for other people. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about what it has felt like for you now that you're saying no more often and really setting better boundaries with even, you know, friends and family. Yeah. Well, I remember having a conversation. It might've been on the, um, the group calls that we have, which are just amazing group of women and just discussions and wonderful questions that people ask or that you ask and we all sort of respond to. But I think it was during one of those calls where we were talking about boundaries. And I thought, really boundaries were something that I needed to create to have people do what I wanted them to do. Correct. <laughs> you, were using, you were using boundaries as threats and ultimatums. Yes. And that's not, as I learned, what boundaries are about. Boundaries are about what you're going, you yourself are going to accept and tolerate and put, put that out there. 
So on my desk. And just to be clear, and the boundaries, the consequences of the boundaries are how you're going to take action. Not if you do this, if it's, if this person continues to do that, you are the one that is going to hang up the phone or walk away or say, Hey, I can't continue to have this conversation. It's not about making the other person change. Right. Exactly. So on my desk, I have, um, and I'm not a fan of putting like little pieces of paper anywhere or post-it notes, like a nice clean desk. And so on my desk, taped to my computer, which is really against my <laughs> being, but I have it there. So I see it every day. That's, it says, when I say no to others, I say yes to myself. Mm. And that has been a guiding rule for any time I need to think about, well, if this person asks me something, then do I do it or do I not do it? And it all is dependent upon what it means for me. And I have really been trying to, to abide by that. And it's, it, puts you in a lot of uncomfortable conversations, a lot of uncomfortable situations. And you, at the beginning, you just feel awful. And it's like, oh my God, I said no. And I really, you know, should do this or should do that. And you know what? After you were right, I think you had said that it's a matter of practice. And once you start to be able to do that, it becomes easier. And the joy behind it is that you are so free. You feel so free and so calm and so like, peaceful. Yes. So this um, is a big thing, right? Because when you're a constant pleaser, you just say yes without even thinking about it. And that sticky note slows you down. So if you're listening and you're a pleaser as well, put the sticky note on your desk as well. It will feel horrible. You'll feel like a horrible person at first when you're saying no, because everybody comes to you and you want to be the helper. But that is also an opportunity to look at how much of your identity and your worth is tied up in saying yes to other people and making other people happy. But like you said, on the other side of it, when you realize, oh my God, if I say yes to them, I'm saying no to all these things that I want for myself. I'm saying no to making me a priority. This is a big deal. If people are complaining that they have no time and no energy, it's about taking responsibility. If you want more time and energy, you want to make yourself a priority, then you have to say yes to yourself, which means you have to be willing to say no to others. But the more you practice it, the more you take action on it, the more you embody this new way of being, and it gets much easier to say no. You're able to filter it through really, really quickly. Yes. It, it's still hard for me. Oh. Um, you know, there's, you do it, but I you do, do it. it. I do do it. And, you know, some of the no's are a lot easier than they used to be, but some of the no's are still, you know, I still get that kind of feeling that tightness in your body, like, Ooh, right. But I know that it's really going to, in the end, help me. Right. And you remind yourself that you're not going to die by saying no. Yes. And nobody's going to hate you. And I think that that's a big, important thing, right? Because a lot of it is also around what will they think if I say no? Will they judge me? Will they still like me? Will I still belong? Will I still feel loved? And it's letting go of that and saying, yes, but when I say no to them and yes to myself, I love myself. I belong to myself. 
And that at the end of the day is way more important than how other people think and feel about you. So Francesca, what are some of the other wins that you can share with people about how you feel now after being in this work for so long? Because we've worked together now for, gosh, how long have we worked together? It's over, it's over a year. I was going to say it's been over a year. Yeah. Yeah. So what are, what are some of the other wins you can, you can share with people as we wrap up here? I want them to know what's possible for them on the other side of actually doing this work. Well, one of the things that, um, for me, I, you know, always thought that I was a person that shared and I, I may have shared, but it was really not vulnerable kinds of things in my life that I would share. And over this period, I learned that communicating and being vulnerable is really, really amazing. Not only for yourself, but when you're vulnerable with somebody, um, they too feel comfortable to be vulnerable and continue a conversation. And one of the instances was during COVID, we had a group of friends that all would meet once a month um, on Zoom. And then when it was a little bit safer to meet in person, we were all able to have a dinner outside. And we went around the table telling, you know, what we learned during, you know, COVID. And I had said that I was working with you and that my biggest accomplishment was the mirror work that I was doing that I always felt so uncomfortable um, about my body and about, you know, who I was and my worth. And that really opened up like such a conversation with the whole group. And even now, I was so surprised. We had a, a second dinner and a couple of the people came over and gave me like a really big hug. And they said, you know, we are so happy that you had said what you had said about not feeling good about yourself and not being able to look in the mirror because you are a beautiful person and you know we love you and then they went into you know whatever you know they were they were facing and dealing with so it was such a such a wonderful thing to be able to do that that's like a really big take takeaway for me and it and it also allows um i have two older parents 91 years old uh both of them and i used to you know i spend a lot of time with them and i've been a little bit of a caretaker uh, for them as well. And it was always kind of a situation where, oh, it's the weekend, I have to go out there, I have to like do something with them. And now I've realized that, you know, this is, this is an experience that we both can share and it makes memories and, and it's not a chore to go and visit them. It's really something that I, I love to do now. It's, I love being with them. There's not a lot of time left in their lives. And it really makes me happy to be able to go and spend this time. And that's something else that I learned that being able to, you know, share these moments are, are just so important where, you know, it's not about um, what you need to do and over-pleasing. It's really what you want to do and how you go about, you know, sharing and communicating and creating those experiences. 
Yeah, you really have learned to be so much more present in your life. And by being in the group and opening up to, you know, the other ladies, everybody has learned that it's, it's safe for you to be vulnerable. It's safe for you to talk about how you feel. It's safe for you to actually feel and connect into that. And the fact that you've been able to take that out into the, you know, the big bad world, because sometimes then we feel like, will people, you know, be able to receive what I'm putting out? But when it comes to vulnerability, you recognize that it's not about the other people. It's about you fully expressing yourself and how you feel, because you're going to be okay with regardless of how it's received and how beautifully it was received by your friends and how, you know, they were able to reflect on their own relationship with their bodies, right? Because we all know that most women are hating on themselves day in and day out. So to even open up the conversation is so, so powerful. And I love that you're really embracing the relationship with your parents and really enjoying it now and not seeing it as something you have to do, but something you, you get to do and really being present with them. It's just pretty phenomenal. And you've also learned to ask for help when it comes to caring for your parents as well, which was also very, very important for you because you were kind of shouldering all of it for a really long time. And you've got siblings who can also help. So this was a really fun conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. I See? did. It was great. Francesca was very <laughs> nervous. I'm like, we're just going to have a conversation. She said, well, can we edit stuff? And I'm like, there's no editing here. This is, this is how we roll. <laughs> like I said, if you want to come on the podcast and get everything perfect, that's like completely off brand because I really just want to have real conversations with real people that I work with so that you can share your story so that other people can see them in you and know what's possible for them. That's, that's all it's about. And it's just been so fun for me hosting these conversations because I get to reflect on how far you've come and you get to also reflect on how far you've come, which is pretty awesome, Francesca. Thank you, Lisa. So thank you so much for being here. Is there anything, any closing remarks that you have for any of the listeners, anything you want to say? Well, you know, I think that it's a universal feeling among um, most of, you know, the people, the women and men who work with you that you, you are amazing. And I have absolutely learned so much working with you. And if there's anybody out there that, you know, sees anything in this conversation, Lisa, it really, really does help you explore and, and, and feel good about yourself so that you can move ahead and really do anything that you want. Anything is possible. And you're just, you're my hero. Oh, thank you. I don't think I'm anybody's hero. I personally think you guys are the heroes and I just get to, uh, I'm just in awe that I get to go along on the ride and I get to be a little bit of the tour guide. Would you like to go this way or would you like to go that way and open up new perspectives for you? But Francesca, you did the work here. You've created these results for yourself and, uh, you should be really proud of yourself. And I'm really proud of you. And thank you for allowing me to be along on the ride. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm sure your episode is going to resonate with the listeners. And, uh, I think it's really cool that you're going to get to hear yourself on the podcast as well. So thank you so much for being here, Francesca. Thank you, Lisa.